I had a sort of fainting spell in the refreshment room of the station. Isn't that idiotic? Dolly Messiter was with me, and she talked and talked until I wanted to strangle her. But still, she meant to be kind. Isn't it awful about people meaning to be kind? Yes. Would you like to go to bed? No, really, Fred. I'm quite all right. But why a fainting spell? I can't understand it. Oh, don't be silly, darling. I'd been shopping, and I was tired, and the refreshment room was very hot, and suddenly I felt sick. Nothing more than that. Well, if you say... No, really. Nothing more than that. Now get on with your old puzzle and leave me in peace. Well, have it your own way. Fred, would some music throw you off your stride? No, dear. I'd like it. Why don't you turn on the wireless? I have. Oh, yes, so you have. Fred, Fred, dear Fred. There's so much I want to say to you. You're the only one in the world with enough wisdom and gentleness to understand. And you're the only one in the world I can never tell. Never. Because even if I waited until we were old, old people and told you then, you'd look back over the years and be hurt. And oh, my dear, I don't want you to be hurt. I don't want you to be... Darling, what's a five-letter word for... Oh, never mind, I think I've got it. You're my husband, Fred. We're happily married. I must never forget that. You're my husband. This is my home. My children are upstairs in bed. This is my whole world. But, oh, Fred, I've been so foolish. I couldn't ask you to understand it. I don't think I understand it myself. But, Fred, you see, I've fallen in love. It all started on an ordinary day in the most ordinary place in the world, the refreshment room at Milford Junction. My train wasn't due for ten minutes, and I was sitting there reading. I looked up and saw him come in from the platform, a quite ordinary man in an ordinary coat. His hat was turned down, and I didn't even see his face. He got his tea at the counter and turned. Then I did see his face. It was rather a nice face. And he had a nice voice. Uh, is there any sugar, miss? In the bowl, sir. Oh, yes, thank you. That was all, Fred. Just that. I might never have seen him again, except that just then the express came through. I went out on the platform to watch it pass. And suddenly I felt a blinding pain in my eyes. Oh, bother, I thought I'd caught a cinder. And I groped my way inside to the girl at the counter. Yes, Mum. Is it something you want? Please, could you give me a glass of water? I've got something in my eye and I want to bathe it. Right, you are. Would you like me to have a look, Mum? Oh, no, don't trouble. I expect the water will do it. Bit of cold dust, no doubt. Can be very nasty. Man I knew lost the sight of one eye through getting a bit of grit in it. Any better, Mum? I'm afraid not. I beg your pardon. Can I, can I be of any help? Oh, no, please. It's only something in my eye. Oh, won't you let me have a look? I happen to be a doctor. Well, it's very kind of not you. Not at all. If you'll just turn to the light. That's fine. Now then, look up. Down. Hold still, I see it. Do you lend me your handkerchief? There you are. It's out. Oh, what a relief. It was agonizing. How lucky for me you happened to be here. Anybody could have done it. Yes, but you did, and I'm most grateful. Train I... on arriving at platform three for Charity Lane Green and My train, I'm afraid. Good afternoon. Thank you again. Good afternoon. A little thing like that, Fred. A cinder in my eye. Really, it meant nothing to me. 
so little that I simply forgot it. That is, I forgot it until the next Thursday. I'd gone into Milford again as usual. And darling, I bought your birthday present. A terribly expensive gift, but I knew you wanted it. And having made the plunge, I felt reckless and gay. I decided to go to the Cardoma for lunch. The place was very full, but with a bit of luck, I got a table. And then just as I sat down, I saw him come in. He looked tired, I thought, and there was nowhere for him to sit. So I smiled and said, Good morning. Good morning. Oh, how's the eye? Perfectly all right, thanks to you. That was nothing at all. Um, forgive me, are you all alone? Yes, I am. I... Do you mind if I shared your table? There doesn't seem to be anywhere else. No, I wouldn't mind at all. Please sit down. Thank you. I'm afraid we haven't been introduced properly. My name's Alec Harvey. How do you do? Mine's Laura Jessen. Mrs. or Miss? Mrs. And you're doctor, aren't you? Well, not a very interesting doctor. Just general practice in Shirley. I see. Oh, oh, they've started the music. Music? Strange, I hadn't recognized it. <laughs> oh, really? We shouldn't laugh, they'll see it. You know, there should be a society for the prevention of cruelty to musical instruments. You don't play the piano, I hope. I was forced to as a child. You haven't kept it up? No, my husband isn't musical at all. Good for him. <laughs> Still, for all you know, I might have a tremendous burning professional talent. Oh, dear, no, no. Well, why are you so sure? You're too sane and uncomplicated. Oh, thank you. Do you come here every Thursday? Yes. Stephen Lynn, the chief physician here, graduated with me. I take over for him once a week. Gives him a chance to go up to London and gives me a chance to study the hospital patients. I see. Do you? Do I what? Come here every Thursday? Oh, yes. Yes, I do the week shopping and change my library book, have lunch, and generally go to see a picture. It's not very exciting, but it makes a change. You're going to a picture this afternoon? Yes. How extraordinary, so am I. But I thought you had to be at the hospital. Well, between ourselves, my stethoscope happens to be last year's model, and they won't let me through the door until I have a new one. Oh, how can you be so silly? Oh, seriously. I did get most of my work done this morning. Would you mind very much if I came to the pictures with you? Well, I... I well, I could I... sit downstairs. You could sit upstairs. Oh, upstairs is too extensive for me. Well, then perhaps we can... We can uh... Still, I suppose if we each pay our own way... Oh, look here. You can't expect me to... Oh, no, please. I'd so much rather if we each paid our own. I really would. Right, if you insist. Well, I do insist. Too bad. I'd hoped you were going to treat me. Oh, really? Not a bad picture at all, though I didn't look for much with a title like that. Love in a Mist. You really shouldn't have bought my ticket. It was very extravagant of you. That was a famous victory. Besides... You wouldn't let me buy your lunch, so you see I made a profit on it. Oh, no. Oh, I beg your pardon. I said the wrong thing. <laughs> Tell me, do, do you feel guilty at all? Guilty? Well, perhaps you should have been working this afternoon. No, I told you I finished my work this morning, and a little relaxation never did harm to anyone. Why should I always feel guilty? I don't know. What's she like, your wife? Madeline? Oh, small, dark, rather delicate. Funny. I should have thought she'd be fair. And your husband, what's he like? Medium height, brown hair, kindly, unemotional, and not delicate at all. You said that proudly. Oh, did I? 
Well, perhaps I'm... <clears throat> Good heavens, here we are at the station already. Already? I hadn't realized. The walk went so quickly, didn't it? Well, I... I imagine this is where... Look here. There's a good ten minutes before my train. Why can't we go in and have a cup of tea? Well, Believe I... me, you have nothing to worry about. I'd be very happy to pay for my own. Oh. That's how it happened, Fred. It was all so natural and so innocent, sitting there in the refreshment room, talking over a cup of tea. He talked about himself, his practice, what he hoped to do. But as the minutes passed, he talked faster and faster, almost at random, I thought until we heard what we've both been waiting for. Train now arriving in platform three. That's your train? Yes. You mustn't miss it. No. It's been very nice. I've enjoyed my afternoon enormously. Shall I see you again? The picture was the best in weeks. Shall I see you again? I still wish that you would let me pay for my no, own... please, next Thursday, same time, the Cardoma. No, I couldn't possibly... Oh, please... That's the whistle. You miss your train. All right. Run. Goodbye. I'll be there. I- I'll look for you. Laura? Oh, thank goodness you're back. Fred, what's the matter? Oh, it's all right, old girl, but you must keep calm and not be upset. What is it? What's wrong? It's Bobby. He was knocked down by a car on the way from school. Oh, no. Nothing serious. He was just grazed by the mudguard. The doctor says he won't even miss one day of school. But he's been asking for you, Laura. You'd better go up to him. Fred, I felt so awful then. As though the whole thing were my fault. A sort of punishment. A sinister warning. But within the hour, everything had calmed down again. Bobby had gone off to sleep. Delighted being the center of attention. And we were sitting in the library as usual. Very difficult puzzle tonight, Laura. If I could just get this five-letter word for... Hmm. Fred. Hmm? Fred, I had lunch with a strange man today. He took me to the movies. Mm, Good for you. He's awfully nice. He's a doctor. Very noble profession. Laura, it was Richard III who said my kingdom for a horse, wasn't it? Yes, darling. I wish he hadn't. Spoils four other words. You know, I thought we might ask him for dinner one night. By all means. Who? Dr. Harvey, the one I was telling you about. Must it be dinner? Well, you're never home for lunch. Exactly. Oh, Fred. (laughs) Laura, what on earth's the matter? Nothing. Nothing. Oh, Fred, I'm an absolute idiot. Worrying myself about things that don't exist and (laughs) making mountains out of molehills. Of course. I told you when you came in it was nothing serious. Darling, do you know a six-letter word for fate... following Thursday when I went to meet Alec. It was mostly out of politeness, I thought. I waited for an hour at the Cardoma, but he didn't come. And all through the picture, I kept thinking about it, wondering if I'd misunderstood. So I left the theater early and went back to the station. And I watched the people come and go. And at last, I admitted it to myself. I was waiting for Alec. I wanted to see him. So I waited on the platform. I waited until his train was ready to leave. He wasn't anywhere in sight. And suddenly a wave of panic swept over me. What if he didn't come at all? What if I never saw him again? I couldn't quite understand myself. I felt empty and lost. 
But just as I was ready to turn... Oh, there you are. Then you did come. You did wait. Well, I thought perhaps... My dear, I'm so terribly sorry. The house surgeon had to operate suddenly. Don't bother now. You'll miss your train. I thought of sending a note to the Cardoma, but I... I thought they might embarrass you, shouting your name. Mr. you'll have to hurry. I was simply frantic. I thought I might never see you again. Dear, the train. You'll have to run for it, quick. Next Thursday. Promise? Next Thursday. I promise. a moment, you will hear Irene Dunn, Herbert Marshall, and Tom Conway in Act Two of Brief Encounter. No flashing Broadway lights, no fanfare of opening night heralded the opening of Brief Encounter in New York City. Yet this unassuming motion picture became a great hit because it gave great entertainment. Americans know what they want when their pleasure is involved, and that's the best. So millions of people have been smoking camels for years, and more people are smoking camels than ever before. You see... Folks learned about cigarettes in a big way during the wartime cigarette shortage. Yes, sir, smoking so many different brands of cigarettes because they couldn't get any one brand regularly, why, they compared those different cigarettes, compared them in their T-zones. That's T for taste and T for throat, where any cigarette is judged. Yes, that is the way you find out about a cigarette, isn't it? By your sense of taste and the sensitivity of your throat. Well, when people compared so many brands during the wartime cigarette shortage... It was camels that thousands and thousands of them found so enjoyable for rich, full flavor. Camels so agreeable for cool, cool mildness. Camels, always popular, became more popular than ever. More people are smoking camels than ever before. Experience is the best tea. Try a camel yourself. Camel Cigarettes now present Act Two of Brief Encounter, starring Herbert Marshall, Irene Dunn, and Tom Conway. Now we're back in the Jessen home again, by the cheerful fire in the library. Fred Jessen still absorbed in his crossword puzzle. Laura still sitting with her thoughts. Fred, darling, if you could only understand. If I only thought I could make you understand. When I went to meet Alec that following Thursday, I told myself it was because I had promised. But it's strange. By the Thursday after that, I didn't seem to need an excuse at all. My dear, it's good to see you again. Really, you don't know what these Thursdays mean to me. What should we do today? Another picture? Oh, there aren't any decent pictures playing. Well, then we'll go for a walk. The botanical gardens. Oh, do you think we should? So many people. Only children there. And it's a lovely day. But... Oh, please. We, we get so very little sun. I don't think we've any right to waste it. It really was a lovely afternoon, Fred. We took a boat and went rowing on the lake. Alec wasn't very good. He kept rowing round in circles. I felt gay and happy and sort of released. A little frightened, too think I could feel that way, away from you with a stranger. And then suddenly Alec grew very quiet and stopped rowing and looked at me. Laura, you know what's happened, don't you? Yes, I think so. I've fallen in love with you. Yes, I know. Tell me honestly, 
Please tell me honestly if what I believe is true. What do you believe? That is the same with you. That you've fallen in love, too. It sounds so silly. Why? I know you so little. It is true, though, isn't it? Yes, it's true. Oh, Laura. No, please. We must be sensible. Please help me to be sensible. We must forget that we've said what we've said. How can we? It's too late for that now. And anyway, whether we'd said it or not couldn't have mattered. We know. We've both of us known for a long time. How can you say that? I've only known you four weeks. We only talked for the first time last Thursday week. Last Thursday week? Has it been a long time for you since then? Answer me truly. Yes. How often did you decide you were never going to see me again? Several times a day. So did I. Oh, Alec. I love you. I love your wide eyes and the way you smile and your shyness. And the way you laugh at my jokes. Please don't. I love you. I love you. You love me too. It's no use pretending it hasn't happened because it has. Yes, it has. I don't want to pretend anything, either to you or to anyone else. But from now on, I shall have to. That's what's wrong, don't you see? That's what spoils everything. That's why we must stop here and now talking like this. Well, neither of us free to love each other. There's too much in the way. And now you'd better row us in. We've got to catch our trains. So we went back to the station. And Alec caught his train. And I caught mine. Like two civilized, miserable human beings. But it was strange. Once on the train, I wasn't miserable anymore. Suddenly I felt quite wildly happy. Like a romantic schoolgirl. Like a romantic fool. I imagined him holding me in his arms. Both of us a little younger. Just as much in love and nothing in the way. I imagined being with him alone in all sorts of glamorous places. Paris, Venice, the South Seas. Oh, I flew the world with him until... Ketchworth! Come in, Eddie Ketchworth! That brought me rather sharply back to Earth. By the time I reached home, I'd quite lost my wings. But then later... Just as I'd finished changing for dinner. Do you remember, Fred? You came to my room. Good evening, Mrs. Jessen. Hello, dear. Have a good day? Yes, lovely. What did you do? Oh, I shopped and had lunch and went to the pictures. All by yourself? Yes. No, not exactly. What do you mean, not exactly? Well, I went to the pictures by myself, but I had lunch with Mary Norton. She she couldn't come to the pictures with me because she had to go and see her in-laws. They live just outside Milford, you know. I haven't seen Mary Norton for ages. How's she looking? Oh, very well, really. A little fatter, I thought. Well, hurry and make yourself beautiful, darling. I want my dinner. Oh, Fred, that was a horrible evening for me. I'd lied to you. The first time in all our life together, that entire week was a misery. I went through it in a sort of trance. Didn't you ever notice you were living with a stranger? But Thursday came at last, and Alec was waiting when my train got into Milford. He'd rented a little car. He said it would be nice to drive to the country. He didn't talk very much as we drove along. And then finally we stopped at a little bridge. I remember the sun was struggling to come out. And we stood there on the bridge looking down at the water. And I shivered. And Alec put his arm around me. Cold? Not really. Happy? No, not really. Alec? I know exactly what you're going to say. That it isn't worth it. 
But the furtiveness and lying outweigh the happiness we might have together. Isn't that it? There's something like that. Laura, I want to ask you something. What? It is true for you, isn't it? This overwhelming feeling we have for each other, it's as true for you as it is for me, isn't it? It's true. Oh, my dear, my dear. I love you, Laura. I shall always love you. And I can't look at you now because I must tell you something. Laura, I'm going away. Where? A long way away. Africa, Johannesburg. When? Almost immediately. They're opening a new hospital. They cabled to ask if I could leave by the 10th. Next week? So soon? Do you want me to turn it down? Do you want me to stay? Oh, don't be foolish, Ellie. Oh, forgive me. Forgive you for what? For everything. For meeting you. For taking that cinder out of your eye. For loving you. For bringing you so much misery. I'll forgive you. If you'll forgive me. Hadn't we better be getting back? Yes, we mustn't let you miss your train. Well, three more minutes. <laughs> a confounded train of mine is always on time. Are you all right, darling? Yes, I'm all right. I wish I could think of something to say. Well, it doesn't matter. Not saying anything, I mean... Do you think we shall ever see each other again? I don't know. Not for years, anyway. Could I just write to you once in a while? No, Alec, please. You know we promised. All right, dear. But I do love you so much. I love you with all my heart and soul. I shall always love you Ray until I... Alec, your train, it's here. It's... Oh, Jason, what a lovely surprise. Alec, go quickly. Darling, goodbye. Laura, my dear, this is a bit of luck. I haven't seen you for ages. I've been meaning to pop in, but Tony's had measles, you know, and then I had that awful fuss over Phyllis. Oh, but of course, you don't know, my dear. She left me. Mind you, I never cared so much, but still, Tony, dear, Tony adores her, but I've always said it. It was Dolly Messeter, garrulous, well-meaning, stupid Dolly Messeter, crashing in on my last few moments with Alec. She chattered away, but I scarcely heard her. I was listening for his train to start. And then it did. And I said to myself, he didn't go. He changed his mind. He'll come back in a moment. I'll see him again. The moments passed. He didn't come back. Finally, I, I heard Dolly sing. Isn't that the express going through? I excused myself somehow and walked out on the platform. I stood there trembling on the very edge. I meant to do it, Fred, but I couldn't. I just couldn't. I wish I could say it was the thought of you and the children that prevented me, but it wasn't. I had no thought at all. Only an overwhelming desire not to feel anything ever again. Not to be unhappy anymore. And then the express was gone. And I turned and went inside again. And that's when I nearly fainted. Laura. Laura. What? Yes, dear. Whatever your dream was, it wasn't a very happy one, was it? No. Is there anything I can do to help? Yes, Fred. You always help. You've been a long way away. 
Thanks for coming back to me. Oh, Fred. Fred, hold me close. Hold me close. <laughs> stars Irene Dunn and Herbert Marshall will return to the Camel Screen Guild microphone in just a moment. More doctors smoke camels than any other cigarette, according to a nationwide survey. Throughout the nation, in every state, and in big cities and small towns, doctors were questioned about their cigarette preferences. Three leading independent research organizations asked 113,597 doctors what cigarette they smoked. The brand the most doctors named was Camel. Try a Camel yourself, and remember... Camels by the carton are the best buy. And now, before we ring the curtain down, a final word of thanks to you, Herbert Marshall, Irene Dunn, and Tom Conway for a really beautiful half hour. It's always a pleasure to appear here, Mr. Roy. All of us in Hollywood know how much this program contributes towards supporting the Motion Picture Relief Fund in its country house. And we consider it a privilege to share in this work. Bart, isn't that the way you feel about it? Certainly is, Irene. And there's something else I'd like to mention here that makes all of us happy to appear on these programs. That's the warm-hearted habit the makers of camels have of sending free smokes every week to men in veterans' hospitals. This week, among other hospitals, from free camels go to Veterans Hospital, Fort Bayard, New Mexico, U.S. Army Valley Falls General Hospital, Phoenixville, Pennsylvania, and U.S. Marine Hospital, Detroit, Michigan. Happy smoking, fellas. Your camels are on the way. Good night, everybody. Good night. Don't forget, Monday night is always a brilliant event in the Camel Screen Guild Theater. Hollywood's greatest stars in Hollywood's greatest stories. Next Monday night, one of the year's most gripping dramas, an absorbing study of a murder and how it was solved, The Dark Mirror. It will star Loretta Young in a great dual role and another of your favorites, Lou Ayers. Be sure to listen. Brief Encounter was directed by Bill Lawrence, adapted for radio by Harry Cronman, with music by Wilbur Hatch, and was presented through the courtesy of J. Arthur Rank and Universal International Studios, now releasing A Woman's Vengeance. Irene Dunn will soon be seen in the RKO production, I Remember Mama. Herbert Marshall can be heard on his own radio program, Man Called X, every Sunday over this same network. Listen to Von Monroe with Colonel Stupnagel and their guest, Sal Franzella, on the air for Camel Cigarettes every Saturday night over most of these CBS stations. This is Michael Roy in Hollywood saying good night and won't you have a camel? This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. <laughs>